The Blockhouse Podcast is also brought to you by the Lieberland Aid Foundation. The Lieberland Aid Foundation is the humanitarian arm of the Free Republic of Lieberland, whose philosophies of freedom, volunteerism, and charity communicate to the international community the compassion that Lieberland has for the world. The Lieberland Aid Foundation is a U.S.-registered 501c3. All donations made are tax-deductible. To learn more, go visit LieberlandFoundation.org. The Blockhash Podcast is also brought to you by Viva Digital. Viva Digital has a team of experts that can solve the technological problems of your computer. They can also offer the best advice to carry out those computer projects that you have planned. They are located in beautiful Medellin, Colombia in Monterey Mall. Be sure to follow them on Instagram at vivadigital.com.co and don't miss any promotion. All of the awesome audio and beats on the Blockhouse podcast are brought to you by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music. So go check out It's Tiger on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. Yeah, I'm in Colombia. I'm in Medellin. Um, I've been here since February. Uh, I, nice. I really cannot complain. It's, it's a beautiful place. Amazing people. Great food. Um, but trying to get back slowly, but surely we'll get back to America. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and then we're trying to get out. And actually, my grandma was actually born in Colombia, like way back in the day. So if I get my mom, basically, um, it's called like um, a citizenship, like by descent, then I can get it. So might be a chance, might be a Colombian citizen. Just like the, nice. like the collection. Well, which visa would you be going for, opting for? Because I know there's a lot of them. No, this would be just actually to get, uh, I'm like a citizenship. Oh, okay. So you'd be bypassing that. Correct. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I'll okay. have uh, like full access and stuff like that. Hopefully, hopefully, because it was my grandma. And then the only way that you can become a Colombian citizen is if your parent is a citizen. So I would have to convince my mom to basically go through all the paperwork and you know, she's been here in the U.S. for a long time, you know, like huge patriots. So hopefully, and then if she gets it, then then I'm hoping that, okay, well, since my parent is, then I can get it. So we'll see. So I've been trying to get, like click documents and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So if you can show it through your bloodline and your family, then they'll just give you the citizenship. You don't have to go through the residency or anything like that. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm hoping, but... But no, but um, Kirsten, as my wife, if she wanted to get it, then she would have to live in Colombia for two years, mm-hmm. if, if it all works out. So it's like, well, we might have to live there for two years, you know, if you want. Yeah, I think there's like an expedited process if you're married to someone that's a Colombian citizen. So I'm not sure how that would work in your situation, but it, it's so flexible down here. Really? That's good. All right. Anyways, so Lieberland. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, but you know, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself too and your background. So, because the, the audience probably doesn't know who you are yet. Um, so, like, what do you do? How did you get involved in Liberlands? Yeah, sure. So, um, in 2015, um, as a lot of people, you know, we hear about Bitcoin and stuff like that. You know, we, you know, we follow on the narrative, getting involved in this whole decentralized movement and stuff like that. So. Um, after that, I started working for um, a Bitcoin ATM company. So I'm the sales and marketing director for this company called American Crypto. Mm-hmm. So I'm based here in DC. So basically, we're finding a bunch of locations, you know, for like these Bitcoin ATMs, put cash in, 
you know, you get Bitcoin marketing, you know, telling people to come, you know, buy, you know, it's convenient, all that kind of stuff. Um, now we have like over a hundred ATMs. So, but anyways, about, about two and a half years ago, um, you know, really getting into the whole idea of, you know, let's say blockchain and like a, um, a decentralized movement and stuff like that. And it's just like, how can you put that, you know, let's say governance and governing on the blockchain and stuff like that. Um, ironically, when I got involved with Bitcoin back in 2015, 2015 was also the year that um, this Czech politician, his name is Vit Amjadlika. Uh, as an American, I have such an issue. I'm like pronouncing, I'm like Czech last names. So gotcha. you know, if he's listening to this, he's like, you know, ah. But anyways, um, in 2015, he, he essentially, um, he lost um, an election um, in the Czech Republic and essentially his, um, what do you call it? Um, you know, basically the guy that um, he lost, he said, you know what, you know, you want all these crazy, like decentralized and like libertarian, I'm like philosophies. Why don't you, you know, why don't you go to your own thing? Why don't you create your own country, you know? Um, and then President Viet, well, I mean, he wasn't president at the time. It was just well, like, okay, well, let me go find land that's unclaimed. So he went onto Wikipedia, ironically, mm-hmm. found land that was unclaimed, went there with his wife and, you know, and best friend, and then stuck this flag in the ground uh, um, on April 13th, which is Thomas Jefferson's birthday. So me being in, you know, in the blockchain world, in the Bitcoin world, you know, I kind of worked with um, the Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to live in the state of Ohio, so I was working for that party for a bit. Um, you know, all these things coming together, hearing about that, I'm just like, oh, this is really cool. You know, no idea if it's going to go anywhere, but let's, you know, you know, let's see what's happening. So um, back in 2017, there was this conference called Anarchopoco, um, basically in Acapulco, Mexico. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It sounds familiar. I probably haven't though but who knows okay so basically a bunch of kind of like anarcho-capitalist and and like bitcoin millionaires you know they'll come out to like this five-star resort or you know on the beach and you know and we kind of you know pop our collars and talk about how cool we are you know with bitcoin and you know all these political theories and stuff like that but anyways um by 2017 uh the liberland delegation was actually you know doing some cool things here and there, you know, working with different governments and stuff like that. And they were speaking um, at that conference. And I was like, you know what, I want to get involved in this. I don't know where it's going to go, but let's, you know, let's get involved. Um, so I go there and, uh, you know, I'm doing a few interviews there, you know, since I'm working for um, a Bitcoin ATM company at the time. And so a lot of people, you know, think that's cool because back in 2017, um, there was not that many like Bitcoin ATM companies then. So it was like, oh, wow, cool. And I was like, you know, cool, awesome. Um, and I got a, I got a hold um, um, of a Liberland passport for Ron Paul. Um, you know, I'm sure your fans know mm-hmm. about Ron Paul and everything like that. And I was like, this is really cool. Ron Paul has has a passport for like this new country, you know. So like, I guess this is kind of serious, you know, like they're printing out, you like, looks like legit passport. And I took a picture of it. Um, well, the delegation found out that I took a picture um, of Ron Paul's passport. And of course, you know, on any passport, there's private information and stuff like that. And so they're like, hey, you know, can you like delete this picture and stuff like that? You know, it has his private information on it. You know, you're kind of like awkward, you know, like, hey, please. And I was like, yeah, sure. 
you know, by the way, my name is Joey Langerbunner. I want to get involved. So it was actually kind of embarrassing um, and kind of awkward, but it was actually the way that I started a conversation, you know, with these crazy Liberland guys trying to do like this country thing. Mm -hmm. So, and then, um, yeah. That's awesome. No, I, I've heard of Liberland before. It's, uh, it's a very cool uh, thing that you guys got going on there. So how much progress has it made since 2015? Like, like where is it at today? Yeah, so um, we had our fifth year anniversary today, so, or, um, or this year. Mm -hmm. So we've been around for about five and a half years now. Um, tomorrow we're doing um, a big um, conference um, called Floating Man, ironic, um, you know, especially due to the whole COVID um, thing. It's mostly just a Zoom event. But so we've been around for five and a half years from now. Um, the things that we have established since then is essentially we have opened um, over 100 um, like representative offices um, around the world. Mm -hmm. So I'm here in DC. So this is basically like our de facto um, like representative office. So we don't have an embassy or anything like that since we are not recognized by the US yet. Um, though we do have um, a few embassies in a, in a few other countries that have recognized us. Um, the only one I can talk about, and you know, this can be kind of uh, I'm controversial to say if this is a country or not, but um, Somaliland. So, like 2016, 2017, I forget the year. Liberland was was essentially the first unrecognized country to recognize a unrecognized country as Somaliland. Mm -hmm. um, Somaliland, like they've been around for over 25 years. Um, they're basically right north of Somalia. They have their own government for them. They have their own currency. They, ha they have their own military. They've been independent for over 25 years. They actually respect like private property, which is kind of, uh, you know, kind of cool. They actually like free markets, you know, and their economy is actually doing very, very well, you know, still kind of a poor country, but you know, they're doing very, very well compared to Somalia, which is basically just like gang warfare. But Somalia is recognized and not Somaliland. So anyways, Somaliland is getting more recognized by a few other countries and probably going to be like fully recognized maybe in five to ten years. So we have an embassy there. We have a few other embassies and stuff like that. Um, we, from 2015 to the state, we have about 625,000 applications to become a citizen, mm -hmm. which is quite a lot. So if you think about... Um, let's say like the residents um, of like Liechtenstein, they have maybe like 80 or 90,000 citizens. And like in Monaco, they have like 33,000 citizens. If you think about like the size of Liberland, which I'll go into the area um, of Liberland a little bit here. Um, so you're well, oversaturated. Yeah, we have way too many applications, way too many applications. Um, you know, so we have a lot of people who are angry the fact that, you know, like, hey, where's my passport? Where, where's this? And it's like, dude, we, we have so much to do. Um, you know, as you know, we're basically like a startup. So, you know, any like entrepreneurs out there when you're starting up something, you need a lot, a lot of money. So when you're starting a whole country, you know, we need tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions if we can, you know, just basically you know, it goes into details. Um, you know, we try to be as conservative as possible when it comes to, you know, spending quote unquote, like taxpayer monies, right. You know, donations and stuff like that. Uh, you know, but we need a lot of money. So having 
basically um, all the kind of volunteers to just go out there and contact all these people who fill out the application. We're not there yet. If you want to get involved, you know, you can email me at USA at gov.ll.land or find us at an event, you know, or come to us and say, hey, I can do this for you. You know, then you can work yourself way up to be to, to become a citizen or you can essentially, you know, pay taxes voluntarily, you know, with mm -hmm. Bitcoin or um, or like other donation. And then, you know, we can talk about you becoming a citizen then. So if you so really the only way to become a citizen right, right now is either work your ass off for it or, you know, basically spending money, you right. know you know, like contributing the cost. If you're busy and you're wealthy, here's a bunch of money. Great. Me, I'm not like a crazy millionaire or, or anything like that. So, you know, I've been working, um, you know, almost every single day. It's like a, it's like a part-time job for me, you know, basically spending um, 20 hours a week um, on the project, doing interviews here, doing calls here, doing stuff in DC, you know, rubbing a few elbows with, you know, senators and congressmen and, and stuff like that here. Um, as you can tell, my mouth is just running and running and running, uh, you know, because I'm really excited about this project. It's a huge part of my life. Um, and we're just doing like a, like a million different things. So I don't want to take up too much um, of this interview. No, here, don't but. worry. I'm, I'm happy to talk <laughs> about this. Um, so how big is it or how small is it? Like how much like land is there or like where is it located specifically? Uh, yeah what's the geography yeah so um not a lot of people um in you know kind of like um in the americas are not very familiar with the balkan region uh, of europe so the balkans is countries like croatia serbia um like bulgaria greece you know kind of that area um, right. you don't hear much about that region and it's actually a very poor region uh, of europe but um Basically, a long time ago, there was this nation called Yugoslavia. Um, Yugoslavia is basically a failed um, socialist republic, okay? So we basically combined Serbia, Croatia, you know, kind of a few other countries. Historically, um, so basically, um, Liberland is in between Serbia and Croatia, okay? So historically, the, the border between Croatia and Serbia was the Danube River. I'm sure everyone has always heard of the Danube River. So this is where this gets interesting. When it was all one country, so Serbia and Croatia was all part of Yugoslavia, um, you know, obviously the borders didn't matter. During that time, they did some engineering projects and changed the flow of the river, okay? Mm -hmm. Didn't matter, you know, the border technically changed, but it was one country, so didn't matter. The state failed. When it failed, you know, deciding on where the border is. Okay, so the, so the river used to flow over here, but the river is now flowing over here. So where the river is flowing now, if that's the border, that gives a lot more land to Serbia. But if you go back to the original borders, then it, you know, Croatia still has all the land that they used to have. So it's made this weird situation where if you look at a Google map um, on, on the northern border between Croatia and Serbia, you know, from really um, any Western country, it's all over the place. It has the Danube River just right here and the borders are just like, mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. But let's say if you um, get like an open VPN and say, hey, I'm in Serbia or I'm in Russia 
or any of their allies, you look at the border and it's just the Danube River. Still to this day, they haven't figured out their borders. So, you know, those, um, a lot of tension, a lot of violence, um, a lot of death that happened after the fall of Yugoslavia. And um, essentially, when they signed a treaty, is it, it basically said, if, if they claim this little land where Liberland is, um, then they lose claim to this larger portion of land that was across the river. So it made it into a situation where you got land that both Croatia and Serbia claimed, and a smaller piece of land where none of the countries claimed. And it's been unclaimed since the fall of Yugoslavia. So, um, you know, like, I forget, like 26 plus years, I can't do the math in my head really quick. And it's just been unclaimed for like such long. So there where Liberland is currently today, the last country to claim to essentially have jurisdiction over that was Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. So, and they're pointing fingers like, well, who owns this land? You know, Croatia is pointing across the river to Serbia and Serbia is pointing, uh, you know, over to Croatia. They, they, don't, they both don't want the land because if they claim it, then they lose claim over here. So Vít Amjilika, I'm the Czech politician who's the president now, claimed it. And it's, but anyways, it's about 2.7 um, square miles, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's basically, probably the best way to think about it is it's about two and a half times the size of Monaco. So Vatican City is the smallest country, then you got Monaco, and then you would have Liberland. So it's very small. So if you have any fans out there that are fans kind of like, um, of like city states, basically mm -hmm. what it is. Okay. Gotcha. So it won't be able to actually have enough capacity for like that many actual yeah. citizens to live there or do anything, but you'd be able to, you know, theoretically, you know, offer citizenship and passports, right? Like, or is there like a restriction based on land? Like, I'm not quite sure how that would work. Yeah, so we can't have a crazy amount of citizens. So, you know, if you think about Monaco has about 33,000 citizens. So if Liberland is like roughly around two and a half times the size, maybe we can have like 100,000 citizens. Mm -hmm. You know, but anything more than that is just too much. Um, but we get into a situation where, you know, I think Liechtenstein is a great example. So Liechtenstein, you know, has a freer economy you know, you know, um, and whatnot. So there's a lot of industry in there. So there's a lot of Germans who cross the border into Liechtenstein every single day to work and then drive out. Mm -hmm. They're not living in Liechtenstein. They're not citizens. They're citizens of Germany, but they drive into Liechtenstein every single day to work and then drive out. So we're probably going to see a situation like that where we have, you know, um, maybe 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, it, and again, this is a really poor region uh, of Europe. Um, you know, so basically the economic development in the area is going to be huge, especially with, I mean, we're going to be promoting a um, like free economy and, you know, like free trade, um, and stuff like that. So we're going to see Serbians and Croatian kind of crossing into Liberland, working and then driving back out. So you don't necessarily need to have a hundred thousand people living, uh, you know, within the country, you know, you can have, you know, you can have maybe a million people living outside you know, let's say maybe like in 40, 50 years from now, you're going to have like a million people basically living in the suburbs outside and then, you know, a portion of them driving into Liberland to work and then driving back out to live and then kind of creating that kind of ecosystem. Gotcha. So what's the benefit of being a citizen of Liberland and holding that passport? Like, what does it give you? So 
right now, um, it might give you access to um, a few countries. Um, you know, kind of as an example, I got a friend um, who went into Costa Rica with um, his Liberland passport. Border guard was like, ah, what's this? I've never heard of Liberland. You know, tells the border guard to, you know, do a quick Google search. All right, looks legit. All right, 30 days in. Um, but if you, go, you know, but let's say if you go to like any Western country, let's say like the US or Canada or the UK, and you show your Liberland passport, they're gonna look at you like you have two heads. Like we never heard of this, this isn't a real country. So we're getting in that gray area of this document. We really don't encourage our citizens who do have a passport to go out there and use it for travel. It, we're not at that level yet. Um, you know, maybe for five or six countries, uh, you know, you can do that. But, you know, that's not something that we're public about to begin with. So, you know, the passport isn't really worth much um, at the moment, but the more recognized but basically the more like recognition we get the more valuable that passport is going to get so you know if you have a u.s passport obviously you can basically visit uh, a majority of countries um, visa free um, you know you can live in the u.s uh, with the liberland passport um, we have not developed the land yet so you can't really like quote unquote live there and the passport is strong uh, you know isn't you know it's it's very weak passport um, in the passport industry you would call it like a tier d passport not much access you know so let's say if you're thinking about countries like palestine or like taiwan or like kosovo or like abkhazia or like somaliland you know if you have a passport from one of those countries the majority of countries are going to look at you with you know two heads you know because it's controversial or their you know their diplomatic status isn't up yet you know like they're still working on it and you know with taiwan obviously the whole china thing uh Right. Can you even fly into Liberland or do you have to fly into a neighboring country? Um, most, so, so we did purchase like an old um, Yugoslavian airport, you know, kind of near the area. Um, uh, but we would definitely have to do a lot more uh, of development to get, you know, the big planes in. So if you have like a small private plane, you can fly into, uh, you know, that. But again, it's like old like socialist airport. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to come to Liberland, basically you would just fly into um, like Belgrade, Serbia, and then it's about like two hours away. Gotcha. Gotcha. So usually when I do these podcasts, I talk about blockchain. So let's, let's, let's get into it. it. Let's incorporate blockchain somehow. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I, I feel like with Liberland, there's a lot of things that, you know, maybe both of those can um, help each other with. I, I feel like you could pr- potentially put citizenship or, like a passport, like on the blockchain for Liberland, or you could do a registry or you could get creative and do some kind of uh, treasury or governance system um, with yeah. blockchain. Um, like, is that stuff that you guys have kind of pondered over time as, you know, blockchains become more popular or is it certain sure. actually doing? Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah. So um, our currency is called the Liberland Merit. Um, you know, so if you want to become a citizen, you need to essentially acquire 5,000 of these Liberland merits. Right now we're pegging one merit to one US dollar. So, you know, as I go, um, well, as we talked about in the past, if you want to become a citizen and let's say, you know, you have money to throw around, you don't have much time, you can essentially donate 5,000 US dollars. And then you, and then in return, you would get the 5,000 Liberland merits. And what you would have to do with those 5,000 Liberland merits is stake it on our blockchain. Now let's talk about our blockchain. 
our blockchain is still in development. As you know, uh, when it comes to <laughs> any blockchain projects, um, there's a lot of controversy around it. Um, you know, there's a lot of fishy things around it. You know, um, we're still working on getting that initiated. Actually, um, so the the whole governance of that, you know, we're still kind of working on. Uh, we've dealt with a few companies that kind of given us pitches, did some designs and stuff like that, but they'll come in time. We're hoping to have kind of like an MVP, um, a minimal viable product by the end of this year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially what our governance is doing is basically everything that, that you were saying. So when you have the 5,000 merits staked, that means you can vote. Mm-hmm. So if you're voting for, let's say, who was president or who was vice president, um, you're going to have like members of Congress, which me, Joe Langerbrenner, I will be running, you know, uh, for Congress. So essentially, if the more votes you send to me, and then I'm good. Um, is your, um, are your fans or you uh, um, very knowledgeable kind of like in the EOS space? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, so basically like we forked um, the EOS chain. Mm-hmm. So when you think about the 21 block producers, that is essentially 21 members of Congress. Okay. So... I mean, this is subject to, to change, but it kind of gives you a rough idea. Let's say I'm one of the block producers, meaning I'm one of the Congress members. If you stake more of your Liberland merits towards me, that's more votes I have. And then we're going to be tallying up the votes every quarter. So EOS tallies up the vote, um, I believe, like every three seconds. Um, we're going to be tallying up the votes every quarter. So basically every quarter, you know, who is a member um, of the Congress could change, you know, and then the Congress will be essentially enacting, uh, you know, policies and laws and stuff like that. And, and the population can vote and stuff, vote on that. But dealing with those details are stuff that we're still kind of figuring out what is the best system? What's the best incentive system? Um, you know, is there going to be any payouts? If you stake more merits, if you have more merits, then, you know, theoretically your vote could be more and that would give more incentive to pay more taxes. You know, things like that, we're trying to figure out, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. No, that sounds really cool. Uh, is, is that something that's like available to like, like buy um, or view like on coin market cap or is it all private? Um, yeah. So right now um, we do have tradable Liberland merits um, that are running um, on the Bitcoin cash chain right now mm-hmm. as an SLP token. Um, we're not sure if that's going to, if that's going to continue or not, but essentially that is unstaked merits. So, um, we had that trading on one or two exchanges in the past, uh, you know, but we got some controversial, you know, like there's some like controversial things around that because we haven't launched our blockchain yet. And so we closed down those listings, but we're thinking about putting those listings back up for those tokens that are, are already circulating. Mm-hmm. Um, those amount are, are I, I don't remember that amount, but that, that is essentially unstaked merits. So, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of got a, an idea of what it can buy, you know, like what it can sell for, you know, so sometimes it would sell for $2 or sometimes it would sell for like 50 cents or 10 cents and stuff like that. If you wanted to buy staked merits, then you would go to Liberland.org. Um, and donate there, and then you would get staked merits. And the once you get up to 5,000 merits, you know, then you would put in the application to become a citizen, and that's kind of like staked on a centralized server, but 
obviously we're working uh, on our decentralized blockchain. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a lot of things you could do with blockchain. I've had a lot of, I guess, philosophical talks, <laughs> theoretical talks about what you could do in terms of like jurisdiction with the blockchain. Yeah. Um, because there's, because, like if you own Bitcoin, for example, um, and I'm in the US one day, the next day I'm in Colombia, like does the Bitcoin really move? Did I move money outside the country? Uh, like, where is the Bitcoin? I mean, Bitcoin's on the blockchain. Like, what jurisdiction is that in? Is that in a U.S. jurisdiction? Is it in a Colombian jurisdiction? It's not something they really, like, clarified. So it'd be kind of interesting um, how they would look at if you, like, let's say, formed an entity and put it on the blockchain uh, that Liberland has. And it's a, a Liberland incorporated company or... Um, or you have your, your health information on the Liberland blockchain or just, or some other asset or entity that you have or that you form, um, like what kind of jurisdictional um, like benefits or, or pitfalls would that create? Um, I, I feel like this is a really interesting uh, topic to bring up, especially with Liberland because it's, you know, kind of independent in a lot of ways, it's not recognized fully yet, obviously, but, it feels like you know, the two kind of go together in some ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. So to answer a few of your questions when it comes to jurisdiction, obviously that's a hard one. You know, mm -hmm. it's on the blockchain. Is that moving? I would argue that's not, um, you know, but when it comes to any tax purposes and obviously I'm not giving any tax advice right. um, as a U.S. citizen, but if you're a citizen of any country and you have, you know, a Bitcoin, then, you probably should, you know, go with, you know, your country. Right. Um, outside the U.S., since the U.S. is the only country, I think China is now, but taxes, it's, it's citizens everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you being um, in Colombia, you know, you still have to fill out, um, you know, a U.S. tax. Um, you know, so like, let's say if I'm living in Colombia and let's say I'm not a U.S. citizen, if I'm living in Colombia at the time, I have to basically go by... Um, you know, I'm like Colombia's, you know, tax laws, but, right. you know, let's say I live in a different country every single month and I really don't have a residence. You know, what's the case there? I don't have the answer, but, but it would really comes to down to what's your citizenship and what's your residence and what's those tax laws. Mm -hmm. um, the good thing about Liberland is that there is no capital gains. There is no income tax. There is nothing like that. All taxes are voluntary. And we have certain incentives that, you know, obviously this is something, you know, all in theory, all theoretical mm -hmm. um, at this point, but this is something that we're working on. Uh, you know, what's, what's a good incentive to pay taxes, you know, instead of just like, well, it's this arbitrary amount, write the check. Here you go. Uh, what's a good incentive. So really when it comes to our blockchain, you know, our blockchain governance, Liberland wants to be the 21st century model on how states should operate. Mm -hmm. Is this a new idea when it comes to any other jurisdictions? Not really. Um, you got the Marshall Islands that launched their own um, currency on the blockchain. You got the Bahamas, you know, they launched their own currency on the blockchain. Uh, you know, you, you, of course, you got China talking about it. You got Russia talking about it. You got Iran, especially with the sanctions, talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then you got, um, I think Bermuda is putting all of their properties on the blockchain. You know, so who owns this property, who owns that property, all verified on the blockchain. So, 
So this isn't anything new. Having, you know, almost every single government service and body and entity running on one blockchain, that's cool. Uh, be doing the first to do it, is it going to be successful? Hopefully, you know, but I, I think it's going to be a huge improvement, you know, because we're going to be doing like ship registry, car registry, um, you know, obviously like citizenship residency, or maybe if they have like a, a work permit, you know, or how many merits are owned. Uh, our judicial system is going to be on the blockchain. This is one thing that is really cool. It's like, let's say I have 20,000 merits staked, all right, mm -hmm. and I get you know, and I got sued because I, I ripped someone off and we're going through this, this different, like, you know, like this different court case on the blockchain. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go into the details of how that's operating. Obviously that's something that, you know, has to be carefully, <laughs> carefully done. But let's say if I, you know, if I'm at fault, some, some of my Liberland merits can be taken away just like that. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm truly at fault, you know, so that that also brings an incentive to you know treat your fellow like Liberlanders and the people around you in a good behavior too. Mm -hmm. So if you're staking that, if you're paying taxes, you know you get more of a vote, uh, you know, and then other incentives. But it also brings more accountability too. So tying that all in with you know our our like philosophical and like political theories and stuff like that, um, it's it's definitely up to debate. You know, I. I wouldn't say there's one right answer because we don't know the answer yet. Gotcha. Um, how would like the judicial process work? Like if someone in Lieberland was stealing everyone else's Cheerios and he was getting blamed for it, um, <laughs> like, like I, not that that's a crime necessarily. <laughs> how does the, uh, that process supposed to work if it is on the blockchain? Like, yes. how do you deliver it? Yeah. So let's say you steal my Cheerios, Brandon. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then basically I would put in a request on the blockchain. So let's say I, you know, I send a message to, let's say the first tier, I think we're going to have like three tiers. So kind of uh, one tier. And then if one of the parties isn't happy about it, then it moves to the second tier and then the third tier. So, so I think how it's going to go. And obviously I don't have any of the details because it's not done yet. And obviously this can change over the next 10, 20 years after it's implemented to get the right thing. But, you know, let's say I send in a request on the blockchain at this date, mm -hmm. here's Brandon's crime and here's pictures, here's all this evidence and stuff like that. Then you get a notification, you know, that says Brandon, you're served. You, you know, you saw Joey's Cheerios allegedly, mm -hmm. you know, let's say it's, um, you know, like, let's say you have a committee of maybe, I don't know, like 10 judges or something like that. You don't know the names of, they don't know you. They look at the case and maybe they say, you know what, Joey, I don't think this is really worth our time. You know, who cares? Brandon, sorry for, you know, wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Hey, no, this was two tons of Cheerios. This is some serious, you know, uh, amount of Cheerios. I'm not happy with this decision. Then, you know, I could you know, push it up to tier two, you know, and then here's more evidence. Here's this, here's this, and you know, actually Brandon, those two tons. So we're going to take away 500 merits from you and give it to Joey. Boom. Done. Maybe you're not happy with that decision. Cause it's like, dude, it's like Cheerios. My family, you know, is hungry. I don't like it's Cheerios. Go ahead. Like 500 merits. 
you know, maybe like merits are trading at, you know, I don't know, like $10 a merit at that time. Like, is that really worth it? Mm -hmm. And you can put it up to tier three, you know, and then, all right, maybe this is our final um, decision then. Um, you know, how to become a judge or how to be, you know, do, I don't know all, all the details of that. So it's kind of like an appeals process almost, like with the yeah. tier system. You can move up to a higher court if you really think it needs to. or Yeah. And kind of give you an idea, when it comes to um, issues between, let's say, um, like businesses, um, the best jurisdiction for that right now is Singapore. Singapore, they can decide their cases usually within six months. And that's the best. If we have a way to, let's say, decide, you know, any corporate um, issues between corporate in person and corporate or corporate and have that in less than six months, that's, that's going to be huge. People want decisions faster these days. You mm -hmm. know, uh, people don't have patience. You know, we want our food now. You know, we order like DoorDash, uh, we want our emails now, we want our texts now, you know, we want to be on time, we want this now, 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 we're a now culture. I want a decision now. And of course, here from the US, you know, being in the US, I don't, I don't know if you've, you know, ever been in, um, you know, if you've ever been sued or anything like that. I haven't either. Um, I'm aware that litigation is expensive <laughs> and time Yeah, and it's expensive and time <laughs> Yeah, And it's common in the US, so. Yeah, so if we can speed that up, you know, then that's a good idea. And, you know, is it better for the judges to actually know who you are or is it better for them not to know, you, know who you are? You know, whether well, this is a person anonymous, you don't see any details in the people and you just see, here's the facts and, you know, here's the pictures of the Cheerios and this person, you know, with their face, you know, like blurred out, you know. Is that a better way to m make a decision, you know, it, instead of, you know, just me and you? Well, I don't like the way he looks, you know. Mm -hmm. So... You know, these are all things that are in question. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that Liberland is going to have the answer for every political or, like, governance issue. Um, and neither is Liberland going to be kind of like a, a Bitcoin blockchain, like decentralized utopia or anything like sure. that. But we're going to try to move the ball further. You know, we, Liberland wants to be the 21st century model on how a state should operate. Okay. A 21st century model. What's the 22nd, you know, a century model? I don't know. But with all this movement um, in blockchain technology, all these other governments, you know, that are starting um, to look at it, implementing it, you know, for currency or, or like property or, uh, you know, or stocks and bonds and stuff like that, you know, which are happening. So like, this isn't anything new. It is new, but it's not, you know, because this world is moving so fast. Can we move the ball, you know, to the next court? You know, we've been playing ball in this court here in this system for such a long time. Let's move it to a new court. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next is like, what in the end, what's the end goal for, for Lieberland? Like, what does it want to um, hopefully achieve? But it, um, that makes a lot of sense. And hopefully you guys get there. It seems like you're on the right track. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, <laughs> as I tell... Um, like um, our U.S. teams are basically, um, you know, if so if you're based in the U.S. and you want to get involved, you know, she definitely get a hold of me, um, you know, but we have a lot of people here in the U.S. And so like every week we'll get on a call and afterwards I'll always remind people like, all right, I know this happened and that was unfortunate, but this and this happened and that is fantastic. So as long as we're moving forward, you know, this is good. So it's like kind of like a week to week, like day to day, you know, getting this 
you know, together, getting this, even like we're sort of, you know, right now we're trying to work on getting a, so basically we're trying to team up with um, a congressman in trying to get um, a letter in front of Trump. You know, we got the letter written out, you know, what's going to be in this letter? How are we going to, how are we going to phrase this? You know, doesn't matter our opinion of Trump or, you know, or, or anything like that. It really doesn't matter. It's apolitical. Um, or just, I think two years ago, we got um, a bill in the Illinois State House, you know, to essentially uh, promote the, basically saying that it's um, encouraging the development of legal land. So, so like a U.S. state can't come out and recognize like Liberland, but we've seen things where states would pass laws or, or cities or, or other jurisdictions in the U.S. would pass laws, you know, saying, hey, you know, um, the State Department should recognize this country or should, you know, encourage this development or encourage this, you know, and something that, you know, pertains not in the U.S. So we had a bill in the Illinois State House two years ago, didn't really have any ground game and like, like that, and it got held up. Uh, you know, you know, in one of the mini committees in Illinois. Everything so, is- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, like these are the things we have to do. So, you know, I've had many meetings with various on the lobbying organizations, you know, here in Capitol Hill and stuff like that. Uh, they're very expensive, sometimes kind of shady, but, you know, dealing with like the political world and, um, and diplomacy is, is fun and mm-hmm. it is interesting. Uh, the many times our delegation has been up to the UN as well we can't we can't get into the UN yet but if what but if one country from the UN recognizes us and then we could essentially become an observer state in the UN like Kosovo Palestine Taiwan and then that would actually get us in the UN once that happens it's you know it's like game over then you know it's very serious business so like that's like the big hump we're trying to get but you know Right now, what my focus is, uh, is just getting our blockchain governance up and going, been hitting it hard, trying to get the right people in the right room to make this happen, you know, you know, get the right coders, to get the right people, you know, to talk about theory, you know, the right, uh, you know, making sure that the president is happy, you know, is a big thing. Um, until we get our governance up and running, we're kind of like in a de facto, um, like dictatorship. Um, so like diplomacy wise, that's not good until we have a democratically elected president. So a lot of things get done in a dictatorship. Um, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Um, well, yeah, maybe that's why he's taking his time on it. <laughs> <laughs> but for people that do want to be more involved in helping Liberland, you know, grow, accomplish its goals, like what kind of things are you looking for? Are you looking for people to promote it? Are you looking for people to like be like this ambassador that can go out in their, their country or state or province? Are you looking for people that can do like DevOps work and work on the blockchain or do you have anything in particular? So if you think about a country and what it needs, uh, its needs are infinite. Um, even last call, we were talking about, hey, how can we get um, on Eurovision? You know, maybe we can get um, some indie artist to, you know, sing songs about Liberland and say they're from Liberland and get onto Eurovision. Um, you know, or... Uh, I'm trying to work on kind of like a soccer um, or like football team for League of Legends because obviously in Europe, if you don't have a soccer team, or like football team, like who cares? Like you're not real. Um, do you have, I mean, you know, 
did you make a lot of money um, on some altcoins or Bitcoin or stuff like that? Because we can definitely use those funds. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any political connections? You know, were you a former congressman? Um, you know, are you a lawyer? You know, because if we're dealing with Liberland merit and, you know, what is the SEC going to think? You know, I've had many meetings with lawyers on that. Um, it's infinite, you know. You can be a musician and help out. You know, you can be um, an ex-politician. You can, you know, you can be a Bitcoin millionaire. You can be a blockchain developer. You can be just your average show that is obsessed with this and, you know, is willing to do some groundwork. Uh, infinite possibilities, which is really cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it, it's it sounds like you guys just kind of need a little bit of everything, <laughs> which is which is reasonably understandable. Obviously, you're building a country, um, so there's a lot of moving parts to go with that. Um, yeah. But yeah, ha- you know, happy to help as much as I can too. I, I, I know a lot of people. I think <laughs> um, so maybe I can find someone that would be interested too. Um, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of support um, uh, um, in Latin America, for sure. A lot of Brazilians, actually. A lot of Brazilians. They uh, Why Brazilians? Uh, just a lot of them are really down with kind of your libertarian thought uh, with all all the political issues that they've been dealing with. They've yeah, I think, very... I think they're done with their government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... You know, and we sent um, some Bitcoin cash, um, you know, to a few cities down there to get them some food, you know, during this COVID stuff like that. So we're trying to, you know, because if we're trying to do like MoneyGram or anything like that, why? So like, you know, we're literally sending, you know, cryptocurrencies down to Brazil to help them out. And and then ever since we started to do that, kind of like a Twitter following, you know, from like Brazilians were just like shooting, you know, like out the roof. And so like, I swear, like, half of our fans on Twitter are like these like awesome, like Brazilians. Mm -hmm. So if that shows you like how global our movement is, you know, it isn't just a Czech politician, you know, it isn't just me in the U S right. You know, it's also that Brazilian, Um, you know, we, we got a lot of people from like the middle East. We got a lot of people from India. We, you know, we got a lot of people from like the Philippines, from Australia, you know, South Korea, Uh, you know, you know, we're really a global movement. Uh, and that's the cool thing about it. It's very decentralized. You know, it's so like our U.S. team, we can, you know, we basically decide what to do. You know, we got a, we, we got a great African I'm like, I'm delegation that is, you know, they're doing a fantastic job. And, you know, of course, like our European t- team is doing great. Um, you know, our team in the Middle East is doing fantastic. Our Southeast Asian team is, is, is you know, it's a really decentralized movement. And that's the really cool thing about Liberland. You know, mm-hmm. we aspire to, you know, build a country off blockchain, you know, building governance that is decentralized. And already, you know, we are a decentralized movement. And that's, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. It's amazing to see that you have so much support from, you know, around the globe in a lot of different places, um, all coming together, you know, to work on this project. It's, it's awesome. Um, in the emails, you mentioned something about uh, a foundation or the foundation that you wanted to talk about as well. Yeah. What is that exactly? Yeah. So um, I'm the chair of the Liberland Aid Foundation. We're um, a 501c3 mm-hmm. um, nonprofit based of the U.S. 
and essentially we do humanitarian projects um, in the name of like Liberland, um, I guess like diplomacy. So, you know, we just sent about $20,000 worth um, of aid down to Haiti. As I said before, you know, we sent, um, you know, like a few thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin cash, you know, down to Brazil. We've done some projects in other Caribbean islands. We have donated um, a lot of COVID supplies to both Serbia and Croatia, um, you know, and a few other countries, um, you know, in Europe, you know, especially with everything that's going on, all these countries are really desperate for help and stuff like that. So kind of gives us a weird opportunity to take advantage of that situation. But um, if you go to um, Liberland Foundation, actually, let me make sure that URL is correct. Uh, it's been a long time. Yeah, you can always send it to me um, yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. So it's LibertyLandFoundation.org. Um, you can go there, check out all our things. And of course, you know, we're huge, uh, you know, on donating with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. To be honest, most of our donations come in through crypto. Um, so if you are a U.S. citizen and you want to, you know, have a nice write-off on your taxes, you know, then donating to Liberland Aid Foundation is honestly one of the best ways to really help Liberland and really see us doing positive work because if these countries are seeing us do good work in their communities, you know, maybe they'll want a meeting with us. Right. No, that's awesome. It's, it's cool to hear. Um, I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out and shoot me the link later and I'll put it yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, it's LibreLandFoundation.org. Yeah, but I'll... LibreLandFoundation.org. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm sure I can find it. Um, yeah. So I want to become a citizen. I promise I will not steal anyone's Cheerios. <laughs> um, yeah, you got me. I don't like Cheerios anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> you got me sold for someone that's in the world of blockchain every single day. Uh, it's a perfect place for me to pretend to live. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really nice when you have um, just like the best of the best, the brightest minds in the blockchain world, all working together to build their own country. So it's like if your country is literally the number one place for blockchain companies and a blockchain community and with, you know, especially here being in the U S how detrimental, you know, all these laws and regulations are towards the blockchain and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if Liberland can be literally like the, like the best hub for blockchain companies, how economically wealthy we would be and you know for all you know understanding this decentralized movement how huge that would be so we will be the third smallest country but but we will be the biggest voice in 21st century model of how blockchain governance should be and it will be implemented you know in all these other countries so just small country but big voice awesome awesome i'm sure you're gonna have a lot of people that are gonna just keep coming in that want to get involved in some kind of way or get citizenship so. it's tough work you know as probably a lot of your fans you know getting involved with you know other blockchain startups and stuff like that you know i you know like 98 percent of them fail you know all those icos and all these DeFi coins out there like 98 percent of them are are gonna fail obviously we're the only you know project like this and so since we're the only one we have to make it successful you know you know and hopefully those 2% that are doing successful projects and stuff like that, you know, they're joining with us and, you know, so. Yeah, well, I tell people all the time, because, I mean, you, you'll see like 2,500, 3,000 different cryptocurrencies like on CoinMarketCap and you're like, which one do I look at? Which one do I invest in? Which, which one is a good project? I'm like, just 
the one that's actually got volume and the one that's got a good team. It's like, comes just by Bitcoin. <laughs> what, which one do people believe in that's reflected in volume, trade volume? And then, you know, which one is a good team? Which one's developing, doing good things? Um, you know, you have both of those two things over time I and mean, you're just going to, you're going to do just fine. Um, again, it seems like you guys are on that track. So very excited. Yeah. Appreciate it, Brenda. Um, anyways, I'm definitely going to get going in a few, but we had an awesome talk. Uh, this was great. I think a lot of people are going to, are going to like this. So, um, good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thanks. I, hopefully I didn't bore your audience, you know, too much talk about the history and stuff like that. And then we got into the cool blockchain stuff afterwards, but oh, not at all. You know, it's, it's hand in hand. It's hand yeah. in hand. They, if they're listening uh, to my podcast, they know every once in a while I'll bring someone on that's from a different you know area in the tech industry or a different uh, area or different industry completely. But we always find a way to tie blockchain into it. So it's try, try to keep that balance. If you talk about Bitcoin all day long, it'll get boring. So you got to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to be like a Bitcoin on like maximalist or anything like that. No, and I know a lot of them, and they're great people. But you know, it's it does get a little tiring if you do it every single day. So you got to mix it up. <laughs> yeah, agreed, Brandon. Awesome. Well, you know, thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Um, tell Chris and I say hi, and yeah, of course, we'll keep in touch. All right, sounds good, Brandon. All right, have a good day. To Libra Land. To Libra Land. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye.